0: This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 432. We recorded on January 11th. 2017, even though my show notes say 16, I've got to go in and change that. It's 2017 now, everybody. Apparently, it's been that way for 11 days. I'm Ryan Shrout.
1: I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malentano.
0: Um, I apologize for today's episode Why? of the podcast because it will be...
2: A uh, uh, bunch of
0: news? It will be... Large. I'm going to need some bathroom breaks. We may need bathroom breaks. Um, Intermission. So we we didn't do podcasts from CES due to bandwidth and timing issues. The bandwidth
2: um, was particularly horrible,
0: and it was and, it, and it's and it sucks because I I like doing those shows. They're a lot of fun, and it also prevents things occurring like today, where the show notes uh, one item per line is wrapped to the second page in Google Docs. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't ever happen. No. Nope. Um, So, there we need to uh, apologize for that, not having any episode last week, not even just having CS episodes, we didn't have an episode at all last week, Uh, but we're going to make up for it by talking about hardware today, and I will say, many of the things we discuss that we mention Uh will be touched on briefly, Yes, because of the extended nature of uh, the discussion topics, and we will encourage you, instead, to go to pcpro.com slash podcast, see the show notes... Uh, click on the links of the stories of anything that maybe we touched on that you wanted more detail on. I'm just going to get that out of the way uh, first. So I do want to welcome everybody who's watching us on the live stream at pcper.com slash live. We record the show on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, right there. If you need a reminder, if you need a little notification, a little help, if you will, remembering that we do the show on Wednesday nights. Maybe you're busy on Wednesday. Maybe you're like uh, Ken and you just you're super busy. But you also want to watch the podcast while it's recording live. He is.
2: He is watching. That's that's what you got to do. And he's looking at the show notes.
0: (laughs) He's cheating. He's He's looking at him. PCPro.com slash subscribe takes you to this page right here uh, where you enter your name and your email address. uh, And we send you an email you know, an hour, two hours before the show uh, for podcasts, for any special events we do like the interviews we've done with Raja and Tom Peterson in the past. Um, Not together. I would like to, but not together. Uh, and things like that, so we you know make sure you sign up for this list. Uh, we only use it for this i don 't send you notifications of articles or stories or anything like that. Um, I promise you the 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 that 's only used for that incredibly legitimate legitimate purpose uh, and also a reminder that we do have our patreon campaign going. this is the one year anniversary of when we decided to do. A Patreon campaign. We actually recorded all the footage for the video back at last year's CES. Um, This is your ability to kind of directly contribute a monthly recurring amount to us. If you use an ad blocker or you don't use one, but you think the content we produce is interesting and worthwhile, um, then this is your ability to kind of say thank you or say, hey, keep doing that. Um, And we really, really appreciate the people who are supporting us through that uh, and is usually the case. Oh by the way, that's patreon.com slash PC per patreon.com slash PC per to go there uh, and sign up for uh, for that. And we it's super awesome just to know that there's any one person that is willing to do that, let alone uh, several hundred of you. Anybody that adds uh, becomes a new contributor and or increases their contribution during the live stream, gets their name called out on the live stream and thus on the podcast. I did have one just before the stream started, so I'm gonna make sure uh, I get that in here. Uh, Nate Cook became a new pledge at three dollars a month. So wow. thank you, Nate. They actually uh, use their for name. your support. <laughs> yeah, like it's
1: and <laughs> I could pr- it's too cheap to do a little tree fitty. And I <laughs> nope.
0: and I and I couldn't uh I like I could pronounce the name and everything, so there's there's that as well. Uh, so thank you, Nate. For that. Anybody else who is a uh, patron of the arts, if you will? A
1: Patreon
0: saint of PC Pur, Patron of the arts. Or patron. Patreon saint. A Patreon saint. That's pretty saint. good. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I, like that. I like that. All That's right, trademarked. So, <clears throat> so let's, let's get into the stuff. Um, and like I said, so the first topic we're going to talk about here is the Intel Core i7 7700K processor release, otherwise known as Caby Lake. Um, this launched on January 3rd eight days ago and it feels like eight months ago mm-hmm. that this product came out uh and we've talked a ton about this product over the course of the last six to 12 months as we prepared for the release of it now there have been plenty of leaks and all sorts of other tons things. of leaks yeah. uh and uh, especially like in the last couple of weeks in the run-up to the release you know hard acp had uh reviews up and stuff like that and as it turns out the the information about Cabby Lake is is pretty much spot on, right? So from a architectural standpoint, there are no IPC improvements from Skylake to Cabby Lake. Right. The processor running at the same clock speed from one generation to the previous generation, is going to be identical. Yep. It's the first
2: time that's happened to us, yep. to be honest. Instructions are not Since, different. like,
0: Sandy Bridge.
2: Like, I, mean, I don't even think there's a single instruction that's different. Like, I'd, not even... Uh, I don't think they no. really added anything. I do not believe so. Yeah. Well, um, they,
1: they did add that really nice feature that you can kind of hack it by inserting a USB stick. Oh. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's worthwhile. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh,
0: the other thing they did add, not IPC, but in oh. terms of features, they added support for HEVC 10-bit decode.
2: Okay, so then there would be some instructions.
0: Well, it's it's part of the media block, not the compute block, yeah. Yeah. right? So it's uh, they they added support for that. They added support for Optane memory as on, as a platform type of thing. Yeah, that's more the Z two seventy stuff. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, although, from what I'm hearing, Optane support will require, Cabulake and Z two seventy. You can't because technically you can actually run Skylake on a Z two seventy board. Yeah, uh, but and vice versa, you can run Skylake. On a 270 board. Is that what I said before? Mm. You can run Cabby Lake on Z170, and you can run Skylake on Z270, the newer chipset.
2: Yes. Um, but you need both of the newer things to do uh, opting. Correct. Yeah.
0: Correct. Um, so there's that. Uh, otherwise, I mean, here's a look at specifications, right?
2: Wait, here's. Is it, is it. Let's get this straight. Cabby Lake or KB Lake? It's Cabby. Okay. Cabby, as in. Anybody Abbey. who said KB is wrong. It's yeah, Cabby. There was cabby a, this like trend. Flabby. I keep seeing this in no, other people's not. CES videos. Everybody keeps saying it the other way. And I don't know where they're, they're getting. It. Everybody's wrong but me. Because Intel is pronouncing it. This is Trump's America. Like, right? Everybody is wrong but me. Oh, okay.
0: That's all I have to say, right? And it becomes Thanks Trump. Real news. Yep. All right. Yeah. Good. Not fake news, real news. Yep. Um anyway, back to this table. Uh so you can look at the seventy seven hundred K in this column, sixty seven hundred K in the second column. Uh, 14-nanometer plus is basically Intel's way of saying they have tweaked the 14-nanometer process a little bit. They figured out some things to get a little bit better frequencies at the same voltages, et cetera. Uh, Still quad-core, eight-thread part. And basically your base clock goes up 200 megahertz and your turbo clock goes up 300 megahertz. So there is a performance delta at stock settings, just not clock for clock. Yep. Right? And uh, I have graphs in the, the, the launching at the same price, by the way, $339 for, for both of these parts. Um, the uh, more interesting part might be the release of this guy down here at the end, the Core i3-7350K. Is that the dual-core
2: hyper-threaded? It is a dual-core hyper-threaded Core hyper its
0: a dual core hyper threaded core i 3 unlocked. So it's multiplier unlocked. And it's the first time we've had a Core i3 uh, be multiplier unlocked. It has a base clock of 4.2. That's pretty high. Which is high. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. No, no turbo technology on this one, so it doesn't boost automatically. But I, I just got this processor in yesterday, so I haven't had a chance to actually use it yet. Um, but I would bet you could get to 5 gigahertz on this
2: pretty easily. I'd be curious to know, is it just like in its base configuration it doesn't do a boost, or like could you configure a boost in the BIOS? I don't or something? think it will support it if you okay. change it in the BIOS. Well, I mean, overclockers tend to turn all that stuff off anyway. Correct. So you could potentially get some pretty nasty, awesome and, overclockers.
0: And this guy, yeah, and this guy has a $168 MSRP. Now, that being said, I saw it for sale on Amazon today for 210 yeah, That sucks. So we'll yeah. just have to see how that stock uh, situation pans out. But for $168, a two two core, four thread five gigahertz part would be a screamer for anything like gaming related yeah that's right any multimedia stuff that's you know super multi-threaded is not going to benefit from it right uh you know you quad core is going to mean more but like yeah but your straight line
2: speed five gigahertz it's going to be amazing like that's nice
0: yeah it's great yeah um and you know it's not a dual core non-hyper-threaded part like some of the older Pentiums that people liked for gaming systems and 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 complications
2: there yep yeah that's nice.
0: It's, it's pretty impressive if it actually comes down uh, at that price. Uh, real quick, the change on the Z270 chipset is... Uh, four, four more lanes. Yeah, instead of having 20 lanes of PCI Express off of the chipset, you have 24. Yeah. And that extra four was really put there by Intel with the sole uh, uh, reason being that they wanted motherboard vendors to be able to implement a, another M.2 slot dedicated for Optane memory mm-hmm. without sacrificing any of the
2: other features that they had on z 17 Yeah, you don't have to rearrange anything. It's right. Just, here's four more lanes. Here's this Optane thing, both at the same time. It, it was basically, yeah. get that done
0: and uh, uh, you know, add it, please, yep. essentially. Yep. Uh, somebody in the chat is pointing out... Um, Creel Kevin is pointing out that there's a G forty six twenty Pentium. There's actually a G forty five sixty, which I don't think I had in that in that listing. That is that's even lower than it's the 46, like it, it's like eighty dollars yeah. or sixty eight dollars or something like that, and it's a dual core part as well, hyper threaded, not unlocked. Okay, but would be another fantastic budget option oh yeah for gaming less than 100 bucks for I, I was i was buying a system low cost budget system this week really wanted to buy that cpu was not available in stock anywhere yet so well it won't be for long when it is i would imagine uh, that yeah, price. yeah. Uh, speaking of overclocking uh, i won't touch on performance go look at the review if you want to see performance it's a tiny bit faster than Skylake. yeah end of discussion overclocking though i was able to hit
2: 5.1 gigahertz on this processor at 1.375 volts on uh just a regular water integrated water cooler
0: yeah a uh 240 rad integrated cooler the corsair h100i gtx h100i v2 i think is what they call it now yeah um so a a high-end cooler but not like custom full water
2: block type not like stuff peltiers and loops and stuff like that yeah
0: uh, so 5.1 gigahertz is great. It's a li- you know, that's a little bit better headroom than you get on Skylake, yeah. but there's just something about being able to cross that five gigahertz mark that's
2: pretty awesome feeling. That's what took me kind of by surprise. I was like, wait, you just broke five?
0: Yeah. Like, that's, and I did it like know. literally, I am as as basic of an overclocker as you can get in terms of somebody who's been doing it this long. All yeah. I want to do is Turn up the voltage to a certain amount that I think is safe, increase my multiplier until it stops working, increase the voltage a little more, see if I can get a little bit better yep. multiplier out of it. If I can't, boom, move back down and I'm and I'm steady. Yeah. And 5.1 is awesome. Yeah. And that gives you anywhere from 13 to 16% better performance in like CPU bottlenecked apps. Yeah. Handbrake, uh Cinebench, Pavre, those types of things. Yep. It's pretty nice free. Free boost of stuff. Um, I've got performance results here for integrated graphics. Um, they're pretty much the same. You know, a couple of percent difference. I've got clock for clock data in here uh, that, as I said, is not changing from Skylake. Uh, media encoding, rendering, scientific, all type of stuff. Power consumption is the same. Um, it's it, the the conclusion to this story is: if you have Skylake, you don't need Cavi If you have Haswell. Yeah. You probably don't need cabby lake. Right. If you have something older than that, Ivy Bridge, Sandy Bridge, something else, and you're going to build a new system, mm-hmm. build it with this. Yeah, you might as well. It's it's the same price, it's a tiny bit faster. Yep. It gives you a little bit more compatibility with, you know, something like Intel Optane.
2: Yep. And gives you a, one you extra compression or decompression video thing, right? H two sixty five or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. So th- so there you go. That's the Core i7 7700K. 7, 7, um, check out that review. And then, yes. So
2: this is Alex speaking, by the way. You, know. um, you should switch the camera. Oh, yeah, there I you go. The now, that you have a, that. now that you have a camera on you. Hey, guys. Yeah. All right.
1: so, so this has been a discussion I've seen
2: many, many, many times online. This gate's not working right. Um, is that the, the new parts... Mm, Are
1: actually slower clock for clock than the predecessor by like a half a percent.
0: Um, that yes, I saw that in a couple of my tests. It was a half a percent better, and I saw in a couple of my tests it might have been a half a percent worse.
2: To me, that is a margin of error anomaly. Yeah, Yeah. right. Um, It's only
3: Pentium three.
2: Yeah, I mean that's when you when you talk half a percent change, like it's literally like the clock of the system could be off by. Honestly, oh, yeah,
0: honestly, it. anything anything could affect that, right? Like if the base clock in the Z170 board that I did, my Skylake testing was running at 101.5 base clock, yeah. and this one's running at 101.1 base clock or something like that, that's going to account for that difference. It, honestly, anything plus or minus 2% is usually just it's variance. almost just like a wash to me. It's like you might as well be a tie. First of all, because it's not going to make any direct impact on your experience yeah. or what you're actually seeing or, or performance you see, but it also could be in that in that wave of uh, um, you know statistical
2: wash, I guess. I'm trying to think of the other term. Just statistical. Yeah, it's just, like it's just, data just, scatter. It's yeah. just called data scatter from like, you know, it's the most something that's supposed to be the same, but you know, you see variance in yeah. the result from yeah. run to run. So
0: um, Mori did have – I'm not going to touch on these individually except to mention that Mori posted three individual what we're calling launch previews. Yep. But they're, they're pretty detailed looks here at three Z270 motherboards. First, we have the Asus Strix uh, uh, Z270E gaming motherboard that you can see right there. Uh, we also posted one of the Gigabyte Z270X Gaming 5 motherboard. And then finally, the Asus Prime Z270A
2: motherboard that you the, see there the, the mori assembly line of uh z270 motherboard reviews has yeah up nicely it's <laughs> it's
0: revving up we're getting we're getting in full production mode at this point um so so check those out if you're if you're interested in Cabulake lake and then you want to see what the, the new motherboards offer some of them uh like the prime is kind of like their the asus is more kind of moderate feature set lineup whereas the strix is a little bit more interesting in kind of what it offers and then the the gigabyte option there is also is also pretty ins- uh, impressive to gaming five so um Again, in interest of time, we proceed to the world's first ten nanometer processor.
2: All right, yeah. There's a lot of emojis you just typed in. I did. I know. It's a it lot of emojis. I'm emojiing like a pro. Jeez, it's like a sixteen-year-old girl over here. Yeah. Basically. Um,
0: so, uh, <laughs> what else is new? Fair point. The uh, really Qualcomm on the same day as the core i7 7700k launch qualcomm officially announced all the details of the Qual- qualcomm announced the snapdragon 835 uh processor and we had a little bit of a uh, of a preview on here talking about the cpu architecture the gpu architecture uh the dsp kind of what uh they envision this doing for battery life improvements and that type of stuff um again in interest of time I encourage you guys to go check out this review if you're, if you're at all interested in kind of mobile processor technology and stuff and how it affects your everyday life right um it, it, the highlights include it includes uh the the snapdragon x16 lte modem which is a gigabit class lte modem Sweet. so we don't have gigabit um networking uh lte here that's, and it's just kind of
2: starting like out in australia i think telstra is kind of their launch partner for something so, like so that. that's not that's not uh gigabit over ethernet it's not gigabit to your router that's just within the room in your house it's gigabit to the tower yeah that's potentially like i don't know a mile away yeah that's pretty. Uh,
0: it's it is impressive. I've seen it working in person a couple of times in demo wow. status, and I think at the end of the month we'll have somebody going out to see it live, like live in real person. And they've shown like a Netgear modem, yeah, that's a hotspot, right? That you use in your house. Oh, do you a guys ever bit. read Waldo? Like, where's Waldo? I can never no, find no. him.
1: The 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 scientific classic Waldo. I did not. Uh, anyway, I was gonna make a joke about the unfortunate thing about that, that cell phone or the, the antennas that move by themselves and capture all the but you guys don't you've never read Yeah all not, that not not that one.
3: Of course they
2: haven't, Josh.
0: They don't read I anything.
2: F- I hate you people. You're all knuckle dragging. If I did I forgot that right. one specific No, I
0: definitely one never read that one.
1: Sorry. All right, uh, it's worth a shot.
2: Reading is so over the top; it's so blase.
1: Look, I only read oh. headlines. Thank
2: you very yeah, much. Yeah. I'm part oh, of, I'm fake, part of, fake news. I'm part of fake, fake news, news new media. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs>
0: um, the, one of the interesting thing, I, I'm going to the, the interesting transition here is the move that Qualcomm made on the Cryo 280 CPU. Um, it is a so the CPU cores that they're using a kind of big little ish combination, but they're not using that branding where there's four big cores and four small cores. Um, as I show here, um, however, these are not custom cores. these are not like fully custom uh, arm x you know sixty uh, four bit architecture cores, okay. and they 're not off the shelf arm designs either this is the uh, qualcomm is arm 's first partner to take advantage of the semi custom option, so they 're just tweaking some stuff so yeah but it 's interesting because actually what Qualcomm does is they go and they go tell arm what they want oh. An ARM does it for them. And ARM does it and then relicenses relicenses
2: that yeah. IP. So Sounds then, significantly easier for, from both sides. Because um, now ARM doesn't have to support another company trying to redo things on their processor. Well, they just have to get uh, I don't what know the if, other company wants. I don't know
0: if ARM – if you take a full architecture license, I don't think ARM really supports you at all. I'm sure they do to some no. degree, but like, that's on you, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, this to me is the most complicated because ARM now Qualcomm has to kind of lean on the ARM engineers to integrate some of the stuff that they want done, and I'm and I'm sure Qualcomm is kind of like holding hand like this is yeah. a hand in hand operation. They have to coordinate. This yeah. is not simply like an email sent with six bullet points. <laughs> we would like the cash lines to be read in this more, better, faster. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, Ship it. But it's interesting because it is. A Some people will see it as a regression on Qualcomm's side. There was uh, – what was it? The 810 was fully off-the-shelf parts. 820 was back to fully custom. Okay. And then now we're kind of back to – something new called semi custom and Qualcomm basically says hey look we're not tied to any one uh, business model or design model we use whatever makes the most sense at that time sure. and to me you read that as uh, you know they're they're concerned about power consumption they're concerned about performance but they're also concerned about time to market right and how quickly they can get these new parts out yeah if you do full like takes
2: you longer if you do yeah, yeah. I,
0: you know you got to assume so right and so yeah. there's less engineering man hours that have to go into something like this are there probably uh, uh, deficits in what you get in terms of Functionality, and Pure performance efficiency or something like that, probably. Sure. Um, but for them, they decided it made sense. There's, there's more on here in terms of, you know, like uh, the, the big cores will clock up to 2.45 gigahertz with a 2 meg L2 cache. The small cores up to 1.9 gigahertz, 1 meg of L2 cache. And interesting, they use a stat like 80% of the time is spent on the efficiency cluster, the small cores. So okay. the importance of that you know can't be can 't be really overstated yeah, um they did not tell us what cores these are based on. did qualcomm just take the a seventy three and the a fifty three tweak them a little bit maybe and and put these out there i i don 't know I asked arm I asked qualcomm in all kinds of different ways, and nobody really gave me a whole bunch of information so um cool stuff from 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 qualcomm there on the s d eight thirty
1: five I would encourage you guys
0: to uh to check they never out. Josh, who th-
1: actually is uh, manufacturing that, right? It's Samsung, ten nanometer. Oh, it yep. is Samsung. Okay, yeah, okay.
0: yeah, yeah. It's it is it was. You know, they they were very proud of it, and, and rightfully so. The of uh, uh, you know all the stuff being shown at CES. This is the only device that's going to be shown running a ten nanometer processor.
2: So, yeah, f-
0: first first out the gate for whatever that for whatever that's worth. Uh, and you can find out what that's worth by checking out the review and the preview at PCPro.com. Um speaking of eight thirty five, there was uh Jeremy you posted this. The root so we we know that Snapdragon was going to run Windows ten, but you're saying that the leak was that they were it was specifically on eight thirty five or was this actually confirmed now?
3: Uh well as the last I saw it was still a leak. But yeah, it is uh the eight thirty five, which is the cryo two eighty CPU and Adreno five forty GPU. Okay. This this was sort of, and it, I mean, it was, it came out of a PR from uh MS Power user grabbed the PR because it was posted before it should have been. And uh, then okay. Then it actually did come out. It got out. So it came out, but, it, and it's definitely the 835. So. That's still pretty, I mean, it's pretty big news.
0: It's. Yeah, for that little tiny little Snapdragon uh, is going to be quite happy remember to run Windows 10. Remember that Windows tried to run on ARM processors once before. It was it, called Windows Surface RT. Surface did not go so well. Yeah, the original Surface tablet. There were other devices that came out as well um, to not a lot of fanfare. This is, from my understanding, quite different in how they're do- going about it, right? The, they're partnering directly with Qualcomm to make sure all the drivers, the chipsets, the, 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 the GPU, all of it functions very well um you'll be able to run standard x86 software that will be emulated and then the uh, uwp apps will be natively fully supported rendered. yeah fully supported it sounds like it could be great because the idea of um you know the i mean qualcomm's advantage is not gonna be on the performance side necessarily intel's you know core i5s core i7s are probably going to be faster but you've like what, a connecti- charging it once a week yeah and connectivity it- yeah. Right, being able to have integrated LTE modems in every single clamshell or tablet that ships with Windows 10 and a Snapdragon processor would be pretty awesome. It would be data plans, mm. you know, another issue, right? But yeah. like the idea of having an always on, always connected, not having to look for Wi-Fi type of thing. Now you're talking about can you get integrated 4G today, 5G very soon in every device that, that, that runs Windows yeah. that uses. Now your that. belt and cool.
3: your hairbrush can be really, really smart. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally. <clears throat> And one good thing that they sort of mentioned is compared to the 820, they're talking 25% faster uh, 3D performance. Yes. A, a nice step for a generation, really. It is.
0: Yes. Like, you are correct. Yeah. You are correct. And then uh, I also got to see these ODG uh, AR smart glasses powered by Snapdragon 835. Now, I will freely admit these are not devices that I kind of wear all the time. Right. Uh, but they're mostly meant for, like, enterprise, business markets. Um and the the image that they produced was was pretty sharp,
2: right? Is it like similar to um you know the Microsoft uh,
0: uh same idea as yeah. the Hololens yeah. type of thing? So yeah.
2: it did the same thing as like Hololens does, but probably not as advanced, maybe. But.
0: Um, it, it's surprisingly good, right? Oh, They're okay. using their six degrees of freedom. They call it six OF yeah. technology, right? So it's inside out tracking based on just using the forward facing camera and okay. uh, gyroscopes and accelerometers. They can tell, you know, where you're moving around in three dimensional space. Uh, and it works really well and delivers a, a surprisingly good performance, right? You were just kind of watching some demo videos at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, but the fact that they got that processor and that form factor, no idea on battery life, no idea on, you know, right. specific use cases or integrations. Uh, but they're starting to look a little bit better. Hmm. They're a little bit better than what we've than what we've seen in the past. I mean, it so. is
2: more compact than the HoloLens. Oh, for sure. I'll, I'll give it
3: that. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and it looks a little bit better than the Alloy as well. Uh, yes. Which they were sort of showing off not too long ago. And I'm trying to remember what printer company it was that was
2: doing one of these as well. I think it might have been Epson. Hmm. They're probably the reason the sides on that on those are probably so thick is they're trying to block light from coming around behind the uh, yeah, like on your side of the of the reflector. Right. Correct. So, yeah.
0: Yep. All right. Yeah, it was. What's
2: that? Was
3: back in 2015. Even what's that? Uh, The N grain. Uh, Hmm. N grain and Epson were going to do the Moviro BT 200 smart glasses. Epson, Which, huh? Epson. Yeah. look pretty much exactly <laughs> like this where it's, yeah, it, it's a little salty, but still works. But <laughs> were they were they? doing the exact same thing where it's AR. So you're, you're popping them on and you're looking at a physical object and it's giving you details of it or yeah. letting you see inside I of it. I think it was
2: Epson that made one of the first round of surprisingly good at the time uh, cameras, digital cameras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did they their toe in that for a while. And then it just got outpaced by everybody else. But for a while they had like a surprisingly good digital mm-hmm. camera. Way back. We're talking like 640 by 480 Digital camera days.
0: Yeah, the good days. You mean?
3: Oh yeah,
2: the good old days.
0: Pixels were big. Something
3: megapixel camera. Yeah. Uh,
0: Before we get into our uh, Vega news, I do want to point out that we had three new additions. Let's see. Kenneth pledged three dollars and thirty-three cents. Hey, that must be Ken. Probably not. No. Thank you, Kenneth. Couldn't afford it. (laughs) Man Ray Powell edited their pledge up to five dollars and fifty cents. Sweet. From three dollars. Thank you. And then, um, uh, not Ryan's mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's been a long-time subscriber, are isn't you, she? Are you getting a Cooler Master Master Watt Maker twelve hundred M? That's the total. That's the total. The full name is not Ryan's mom. Period. Are you getting a Cooler Master? Master
2: Watt maker twelve hundred m so they're worried that your mom might have been asking you that question recently, so they had to specify that they are not your mom and asking you that question.
0: before I say how much the pledge is, I will say, I have no idea if I'm getting a master Watt maker twelve hundred m but we won't because Lee will get it oh yeah, that's okay. true <laughs> then yes, we will get, we'll one, of those. get one, we'll yeah. probably get one we'll probably get one, but they edited their pledge to one thirteen eleven
2: say w- wait
1: one
0: hundred and thirteen dollars and eleven cents. <laughs> Ooh, thank wow.
1: you. Wow. Maybe you should just send him the power supply. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's a
2: thousand bucks.
0: Thank you, not Ryan's mom. Thank you, uh, not mom. Yeah. Imagine a, how much impressive. your mom
2: would have sent you. But,
0: man, I gotta let her know about this show I do. Yeah, here,
2: yeah, man. you really do.
0: Uh okay. Um so Vega Architecture Preview. This is a whole podcast on an, in and of itself. I did a separate video just on this. So I don't know how much we want to talk about. I think, I'm, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about one thing, Josh.
1: One thing. One ping should, only. Should one it, last thing. Should
0: it be the memory controller clearly, I guess?
1: That uh, seems to be the <clears throat> most salient feature of the architecture.
0: So they're, they're, they're introducing something called a high-bandwidth cache controller, and along with that, high-bandwidth cache. Okay. Now, high-bandwidth cache is a nomenclature distinction. Okay. This is essentially local memory.
2: That's what cache is.
0: High-bandwidth cache. But not L2 cache, not L3 cache. This is HBM2 will be what they consider the high-bandwidth cache.
2: So it acts like cache, but it just talks to the CPU quicker. Is that the idea? I don't think it talks to CPU any differently, necessarily, than it would have before. Well, if it's, all, it's a higher bandwidth link, it could theoretically get the information into, you know, whatever pipeline it's asking for. in it, not in bulk faster, but, like, at a lower latency, because it's a higher... Maybe. So th- think of it this way. The high bandwidth cache controller uh-huh. is a memory controller. Sure. And
0: the high bandwidth cache is HBM2. Now, if I say it like that, you just have a new GPU with HBM two instead of HBM or GDDR five X. Is it?
2: Is it? But DDR cache? It could be. It's HBM cache for right now. But, is, but does that does that mean it's actually DRAM as opposed to SRAM? Is my point? No, it's 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 DRAM. So, so it's DRAM. Yeah. What we're looking so, at. And correct well,
1: so, me if I am wrong. I will. Thank you. <laughs> is I mean, that if. AMD is kind of changing around the memory architecture in terms of hierarchy. It doesn't treat things so much as large uh, capacity memory, which it does, but it looks at the individual layers, L1, L2. You've got the HPM memory, and then you've got memory external to that, and it automatically and uh, kind of you know on the fly and intelligently... Mixes and matches data to the best level area of cache that they see in that hierarchy, whether that's an off chip uh, SSD or the HBM memory or the L2 cache or the L1 caches. So, what's is that essentially what
2: they're well, trying to do? What I see as significant yeah. here is that if you're putting DDR in there as a cache, that's not like that's not a common thing. That's not like typically cache level one, level two, whatever. When you, when you talk about the CPU side, is typically SRAM, which is correct. Which that, is that's why I'm saying right? this it's
0: is a nomenclature change,
2: right? But it's also it has other effects, right? When you shift to DRAM in this, you can actually have more of that acting as that cache for the same amount of space compared to SRAM. DRAM is more space efficient.
0: You, you're you're not thinking about this in the right way. I'm not. Okay, if I have a GPU with GDDR5X, yeah. It's just a GPU, a memory controller, and it connects to memory. Sure. Okay. Now we have a GPU and a memory controller that connects to HBM two. You mean a CPU? No, a GPU. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. So so all all they've done is renamed the HBM2 frame buffer memory to a high bandwidth cache. Okay. Okay. Because then the reason they did this, they didn't do this just to be stupid about it, right? They did this because of this slide. The high bandwidth cache controller can actually speak to other memory pools outside of the HBM2 local memory. Okay, right. And this it's my hierarchy. Correct. comment. The, yeah, yeah. It, it can connect. It can talk to NVRAM. It can talk to system DRAM. Okay. It can talk to network storage. Okay. And the idea is,
2: it's unifying it.
0: It's unifying it into mm-hmm. an up to 512 terabyte memory
2: address space. 512 terabytes. So this could even be pulling information from an adjacent GPU, for example, still in the memory space.
0: It's a bloody consumer
3: level Maybe.
2: fabric. Almost. Should be able to.
0: Uh, kind of, Jeremy. Yeah. 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 It's it's what
3: it reminds me of now that we've got HBM two, which has the bandwidth to sort of do this. HBM one. Right. I mean, yeah, first iteration, awesome, but not going to be able to handle that.
0: The bandwidth on this thing probably can. The It'll the be crazy. the the issue is so so. What you could effectively look at it, as Josh mentioned, is it's changing the hierarchy, right? So, like, imagine a GPU, if you would, with <laughs> a 250-gigabyte NVMe SSD on it.
2: Oh, like we saw at CES.
0: Right, but those are SSGs. Though I mean, those already exist. Sure. And they're connected, you know, kind of, sort of, in, in the right way. Yeah. This would be, like, where the NVMe controller is built into the HBCC.
2: So this thing is smart enough to be able to do that.
0: I believe so. Even confirmed exactly what how it's going to work yet, but yes, okay. I believe so. Yeah, right. And then it's basically shuffling data between that NVMe drive wow. and the HBM2. Maybe it's eight gigs, maybe it's twelve or sixteen gigs sure. of cache, back and forth as it needs it, as if it were another layer up just, the stack. Just more memory cache. space, right? And then when you get into something like system DRAM, that's going to be significantly slower. When you get into network storage, it's going to be way slower. But the idea is that uh, as you get into enterprise and prosumer. Uh, you know, product, not even prosumer. Like productivity, enterprise. You know, compute levels of uh, GPU use. Having something like access to 200 terabytes of network storage can make your programming model easier and accelerate things in, in a totally different way.
2: Yeah, because you don't have to code the shuffling of stuff around. Right. It in just theory, does it. Yeah. A
0: 512 terabyte virtual address space is pretty substantial.
2: It is.
1: What I will say about this is. Are those 512 terabyte drives down to $0.20 cents per gig? <laughs> That's <the small. laughs>
0: $0.10 cents per gig is what I was looking well, for. Well,
2: I think the price is still a little bit prohibitive. Yeah, it might be. Um,
0: the, this is – we're still like – if you remember back to like HSA, heterogeneous systems architecture, that foundation, the idea was to merge the virtual address spaces, the memory spaces yeah. of CPUs and GPUs, and it never quite happened. This still can't do that. And the reason we're at a 512-terabyte virtual address space, which is uh, 49 bits, I is
2: believe. Is that what it works out, too? So the
0: pointers and everything like are all 64-bit, but for some reason they had to limit it to 49-bit. I'm trying to remember what they told me what the reason was. Um, but soft like software can't easily convert between CPU and GPU address spaces still. So this will not kind of solve that. It's kind of still, still a little bit separate. Okay. Um, There are other improvements in this GPU that they talked about. Uh, A a new primitive shader, a new kind of shader that replaces geometry and vertex shading. Um, But it's more... You have to program specifically for it. And then, obviously... uh, Then, uh, then also, there is an implementation of a tile-based renderer uh, called the DrawStream Binning Rasterizer, which is a fancy name, Josh, for tile-based rendering... Um, that is more power efficient and more cache efficient. I think is fair to say. Yeah, yeah, memory memory efficient. Yeah, but has you know other deficiencies and in, in other places. But it, it's interesting because you know there AMD is being very overt about this. Um, whereas we learned that Pascal and I thought Maxwell maybe too actually went to a tile based renderer, but we didn't. They didn't. They weren't overt about. They were very. Yeah, keeping it to themselves. That was a secret sauce. And uh, like it was David Cantor who did a story on kind of revealing that uh, that little detail through some through some direct 3D programming stuff. So um, a lot. Learn more about Vega in our video and on the story. Josh, any other thoughts on that before we kind of?
2: Holy crap! I'm looking at this list. Oh, that's a big list. Checking it twice. <clears throat> it's a big list. No, we don't have time to check this one twice.
1: Not not much that uh, that I can add there, other than uh, you know, it's nice that AMD is is going to inhabit the high-end space again after being gone for, you know, over a year now, so. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, so speaking of AMD, they also announced FreeSync 2 at the show. Um, this is a concurrently running program to FreeSync. FreeSync and FreeSync 2 will exist at the same time. Yep. Make sure everybody remembers that. Uh, but what FreeSync 2 adds is...
2: More More FreeSync
0: uh requirements for lfc you have to support lfc low frame rate compensation yeah. so
2: none of that bs with the monitors that no, only have such a narrow range that you can't do lfc which no, is no more
0: 48 to 75 hertz panels uh, yeah in free two at least yeah um they're putting a minimum spec on latency like so screen and uh display latency which is yep. nice they're yep. testing for
2: i don't think that was really a problem before i don't think it was either but okay But the big
0: thing is is their push for color space improvements. So uh, with the advent of HDR, um, all displays that are FreeSync 2 branded will have over two x the perceivable brightness and color volume over sRGB. Yep. Now I had to I had to do some reading and figure out what the hell that meant because a two x perceivable brightness and color volume increase seems tremendous, especially considering that the color space of Something like P3 is only 25% higher than SRGB. Uh-huh.
2: But that's not 2X. It's
0: not it's not even close <laughs> to the, 2X. The triangle a is
2: not 2X of the area. <laughs>
0: Correct. However, <laughs> when you take in the third dimension, which is brightness, yeah. uh, that's where you get that volume space in. And and we don't we don't we're not going to go into that here. We're going to do this in a different discussion when we kind of dive a little bit deeper into what these different HDR standards are, the different, you know, T-Sync HDR versus this. Yeah. Um, this needless to say, you will have better color space properties. With a FreeSync 2 monitor yep. than you will in a standard display you'll have
2: You'll have better color when it's brighter. Yes. Basically. You'll probably have better color throughout. Well, better color throughout, but particularly when it's brighter. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and they're also including in this kind of um, the ability for if, if a game developer codes for this. This is, this is kind of the interesting part that I... You're I,
2: talking I HDR now.
0: HDR now. Yeah that I hesitate to think will ever actually be integrated. If a, if a game developer codes for it, they can recognize that a FreeSync 2 monitor is attached. Mm-hmm. They can get the raw color space data, like what it supports precisely in terms of max brightness and in terms of its color space. What its, what its triangle is, right. basically. Yeah. Right. And the game engine can know that. And then the game engine will, all games internally do tone mapping mm-hmm. before they output. But mm-hmm. right now they're tone mapping down to SDR Yeah. Yep. right? They can tone map instead to that display's properties, uh-huh. send that output through the display. The display has to do nothing, thus um, uh, lowering latency, decreasing any kind of display lag on the monitor, things like that.
2: Yeah. The people making the display don't have to build in like lookup tables and stuff into I'm the sure display. I'm sure they still
0: would because there'll be games that won't integrate that type of stuff, Sure. right? Sure. But it, it, it could in theory bypass it. Yeah. And then and, and save a step. Along the way. Now, I, HDR monitors and games are not available. Yeah. So I can't tell you how bad the problem is today that, that it needs fixing. I can
2: tell you that it wouldn't it wouldn't be, as long as they make it easy to hook into uh, and easy for the programmers to implement. Like, they're, they're just changing your tone map in the game. Like, that's just, you're just adjusting some variables in the engine that are already right. there. Like, you don't have to add that's stuff. That's easy.
3: Yeah. It's well, just, you're just you adjusting have the data.
2: It, you're just adjusting it to different higher amounts that it can go. So you're just not pulling it back as far as you would be normally from the, the actual color space that the game is running at, like internally, like right. its engine is running at. Yeah, So, I, I mean, it should be easy to implement, but I don't know. But I, think, I think ideally the easiest way to go would be just if, if game makers just like put some sliders in the options, like you know, a slider that starts at like you know, your standard mm-hmm. thing and you just drag it, like, just like how you adjust your field of view. Just slide your color space thing. Like, how high do you? Does the game need to? You know, assume that the, the monitor could go. You could just right. like slide the thing over and just have I, wider color.
0: I, you know, we don't have a lot of details on what G Sync HDR is. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. FreeSync Two, they seem to be more proactive than they've ever been before. That's true, right? They're doing a certification process where they have to actually validate these things internally. There'll probably be a charge for it for the vendors. So expect there to be way fewer FreeSync Two monitors than there were FreeSync One monitors. Um, But uh, the idea of this two-way communication Mm -hmm. between the display and the PC, I think, needs to continue and progress forward, right? Like exact uh, capability descriptions going back into the PC, into the GPU driver, and then how that gets distributed. I mean, honestly, the answer is Windows does this. The answer should be Windows... Well, it doesn't today. Uh, It should. Right. Windows doesn't doesn't do anything with HDR. Right. It can, though. It should. Yeah. Yeah. And and what should be is the Windows says, okay, here's your display and here's the driver. Now I know everything. Now it can distribute it to the drivers and the game engines. And if Windows does it, every game will support it. Right. If it's part of DirectX or something.
2: Right. Yeah. It would would be easy. The the catch is that since it hasn't been that way, then if if Microsoft just opted to go, okay, we're just going to make this HDR display just native HDR all the time, then now you have to sort of... Uh, whitelist the older games and like figure out oh wait this is not no, a full I th- color th- space I s- game i still
0: think you do it where the game has to opt in yeah but I but guess. now all games that want to opt in can say well if you're running windows 10 we know that the information is going to be accurate just
2: taken care of it, so. yeah
0: so that's FreeSync 2 we'll hopefully see some more of that in the relatively uh, near term and then let's talk with josh here about uh, the am4 chipset so we, ta- we we already talked about the Ryzen uh, product release. We talked about Vega. We talked about FreeSync 2. They also released information on the AM4 chipsets and and you know shut off some motherboards based on this as well. What is kind of key about understanding the the new improvements to the uh, these new these new X series
1: chipsets? It's a new socket. All right.
0: <laughs> Boom. Okay. What else?
1: Uh, <clears throat> They talked about you know quite a bit of stuff of uh, the Ryzen before, but um, <clears throat> they had a whole lot, uh, a whole bunch of stuff with uh, the new chipsets. The X three seventy, the B three fifty A three twenty are the main desktop chipsets. Uh, something that's kind of interesting that some people don't realize, but probably most people do, is that Ryzen and the Bristol Ridge before are are Socs in that they support not only Northbridge functions which are. Uh, PCI Express right. support and uh, memory, but they also have a Southbridge functionality. So this case, we have a couple of SATA ports coming off, 4x uh, 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 PCIe Express PCIe by 4. yeah, and uh, VME support that goes directly to the CPU, which is... Kind of nice, uh, but the chipsets add more things, like uh, uh, USB 3.1 Gen 2. You get two uh, two ports of that, as well as an extra couple of uh, Gen 1 ports, so you have a total of six USB 3.0 Gen 1 ports, up to six SATA ports in total. Uh, and again, you've got extra uh, PCI Express coming off of um, the chipset that you can have another NVMe or uh, M.2 Uh, Slot. We saw a couple, I think, uh, examples that featured two M.2 slots on on AM4 boards. So AMD has really stepped up in terms of uh, I.O. functionality and next generation features that we have not really seen on the uh, A88X and the the very aging AM3 Plus uh, motherboards based on the 900-series chipsets, which were, in fact, the 800 chipsets that were initially introduced in 2008. (laughs) So this is a a big jump for AMD uh, with Ryzen, and it's well overdue. Uh, We're going to see a lot of neat things. Uh, Overclocking, apparently, is supposed to be better. That's not necessarily a chipset thing, but rather uh, power, motherboard design. Uh, there's probably, you know, low-level UEFI things that will help with that as well. All Ryzen chips will be unlocked. And, uh, nice. yeah, it's finally uh feature set comparable to some of the best Intel chipsets out there. Um, the top X370 is also SLI-compatible. That's the only way you can run SLI on this. It's gonna, you know, take that by sixteen coming off a Ryzen and split into by eight. So far, two by eight is is not been a much of a uh, bottleneck for graphics. Mm. Uh, so there's all kinds of really fun and good and interesting things. And what's really cool about the IO coming off of the CPU itself is it's really flexible. You can, as you're seeing on the same four platform feature summary, uh, you can do that as two SATA ports and one by two X NVMe or two SATA ports and two PCI Express lanes or one by four NVMe. Uh, the AM4 also supports SATA Express, and even though nothing has ever come out of that, uh, the ability <laughs> to utilize that and put that on a board is there, so it's nice flexibility. It's it's kind of a feature for free because yeah. all it is is you're, you're kind of pushing some SATA ports and uh, two lanes of PCI Express into a connector, and you can use kind of each of those things separately if you want to. But if you are those, you know, one of of like a thousand people around the world who actually have a SATA Express drive, uh, then you can use it that way.
0: Literally Uh dozen of people we have (laughs) we have
2: uh we have received for review ever zero sata express products not great just pointing that out not great The closest we received was an adapter (laughs) yeah here this will pretend this will you can hook up a hard drive and something that's pcie by two to this and and pretend. pretend continuing
3: to prove that hardware reviewers lack sex drive
2: oh well yeah
0: indeed all right. Uh, one more article here, but we'll mention before you get into the onslaught of just plain old CES news. Um, oh, wait. Oh, I didn't put it in the rundown. Anyway, um, or I didn't put it in my tabs here. Uh, Sebastian posted a review of, as I cycle back to the reviews page here, the Cooler Master Master Liquid Maker 92.
2: Master Master?
0: Cooler Master Cooler. Master Liquid Maker 92. Does it just make liquid? And I really, like, look at that. Oh, no, a master's look at that liquid. that photo.
2: I mean, it looks cool. Look at that hand under that photo. It's like thing is supporting this uh, <laughs> thing is doing the motherboard review. This is a
0: really interesting water cooler for small form factor designs. And look, it can also be rotated in this this method.
2: Well, that's interesting.
1: Flexible.
0: It's uh, it's an interesting uh, design that has you know uh, a. a a specific combination of performance, noise, and kind of uh, form factor characteristics that are that make it uh, worth checking out. So that is the Cooler Master Master Liquid Maker 92. <laughs> it's such a weird name. <laughs> well, you have to master put it in the Cooler control Master
3: control Master case down. or yeah. the Master Maker case, right? If you put
0: all those things together, if you have the if Master if, Maker if case, has the Cooler Master Master Liquid, <laughs> the Cooler Master like Master cat. case, Master Liquid,
1: Master Cooler Master <laughs> Liquid Maker 92. <laughs> Uh, and you can sing that to that bake-a-cake song. Yeah. could. <laughs> Cooler master. Or the McDonald's song. It's a mastermind. Like, would make a break a make. God <laughs> damn no. it. Yeah. Say that 10 times fast. If so. your CPU's crazy. No. <laughs> no, we're not going to go there.
0: Uh, all right. Let's get into uh, today's sponsor who had to suffer through a full hour's worth of content before getting to the ad break. That would be our friends at Casper. This episode is brought to you by... The company I just said, Casper, Uh, they're an online retailer of premium mattresses at a fraction of the cost. They're revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings directly to the consumer. I think that's something everybody can appreciate. The benefits of Casper include uh, that it is made of supportive memory foams for a sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce, plus its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature throughout the night, a problem that Josh often has is regulating often. his temperature. Casper's mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress at a very, very pri- very fair price. Um, I uh got a new Casper mattress, tried it out. It, it's it's actually really good. Like I said, we yeah. got that mattress at the perfect time of new baby mm-hmm. needing more sleep. Needing it, better sleep. More you don't get more sleep. More better sleep. Yes. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yes. That's that's a good way of putting you it. We did not get sleep. more quantity, but we did get more quality yes. sleep, if you will. <laughs> Uh, you can try sleeping on a Casper mattress. They understand the importance of truly trying out a mattress that in all reality you spend, if you're lucky at least, a third of your life on. Casper offers free delivery and painless returns with a 100-day period. Um, so you don't have to lie down in a showroom. So you get to use this mattress for up to 100 days mm-hmm. before you decide if it's something you want to keep or not. And did you know, statistically, lying on a bed in a showroom has no correlation to whether or not it is the right bed for you. You just cannot
1: get
2: I can attest to that.
0: The right information in that short amount of time with that guy in a suit that's, staring that's at you. That's why
1: I bring two Russian female
2: <laughs> Whoa. workers.
0: Whoa! Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That is okay. not your typical bed situation, Josh. <laughs> Fake news. As much <laughs> as I like are. to say it.
3: It's also good for neighbors. My na- upstairs neighbor got one and I love it a lot more than the spring
2: mattress he had before. <laughs> oh, I'll just put it that way? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Because he jumped on the bed all the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He was jumping. Just jumping. Yes.
0: Uh, Casper's mattresses are made in the USA, and you get free shipping and returns in the USA and Canada. You can save an additional $50 towards a mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash PCPer and entering the promo code PCPer. That's casper.com slash PCPer and promo code PCPer. Terms and conditions apply, and we thank Casper for their support of this riveting riveting, exciting, sometimes sexually explicit. Edgy. <laughs> Edgy. There you go. That's a way better way. They yeah. won't take me off of iTunes that Edgy. way. Uh, uh, technology podcast, mind you. All right. Let's go through these things um quicker. Where am I at here? Lenovo at CES. Did I miss one again? Let's see. No. Okay, here we go. So um,
1: this is the next thirty minutes, right? The Lenovo? Yeah. <laughs>
0: no. 30 I, I no. kind of I kind of I purposefully called Lists where they had too much stuff. The one I put in, the, the one of the two I put in here from Lenovo is the ThinkPad X1 Carbon laptop. This is a a new iteration of this device. It's a 14-inch screen, but it now has very thin bezels along the sides.
2: It looks more like the your Dell.
0: It looks does. more like the XPS 13, but they yeah. did something smart in that the webcam is still at the top yep. of the screen. Yep. They did make the bezel a little bit thicker. It's up top. It's a little bit thicker up top because of it. Yep. Honestly, it's not pointing at your nipples. It's not pointing at your fingers as you type. It's not looking up your, up your nose. nose. Yeah. To me, that is a worthwhile trade-off. It is. Like I, as I sit here in front of my XPS 30, I love the thin bezel all the way around. Yeah. However, comma.
2: Yeah, the webcam is just not usable. In the
0: dozen times I've had to use this webcam because like, I went out of town, we do a podcast, I forgot to bring a different one. Yeah. That's very poor uh, uh, kind
2: of integration. And, and also, uh, I believe if you look closely at that picture, there is a microphone hole uh right next to that webcam you have to you have to blow it up a little bit Eh. but uh having the mic up there assuming it is also because like you know we've had people using the i've I've seen people on a stream using the integrated mic on an xps 13 yep and it's right next to the keyboard yeah it's literally just like yeah it's extremely loud doing anything on the on the on the touchpad or even the keyboard yeah
0: All right. Uh, Also, if you can tell here, they they have a silver version as well as a black version. They
2: introduced. Do we have any other Lenovo stories we're going to talk about? Uh, Not on laptops. Okay. So they're pretty much all of their lines. They have Mm. introduced silver models. Yeah. Like across everything. X1 Yoga, the OLED model even had a silver model. They did some other little tweaks to the design. Like they refreshed everything, but uh, they changed the way that their keys retract. Yeah. Instead of having a platform around the keys that comes up to match the level of the keys and the keys always being flush with the surface of like, the highest point of the laptop, now the keys actually come up higher than the, sur- than the flat surface of the laptop. And then when you, when you flip it over the into yoga, the keys yoga- themselves, actually yeah, the keys themselves get sunken into right. the, the laptop mm. instead. Um, the throw is about know, the but same, but, you know.
3: There was just something about being able to recognize the ThinkPad from across the room. And knowing in a millisecond that's a ThinkPad.
2: Well, they still look like a ThinkPad. They're just a little bit more. they still no, about the silver. Oh, the silver. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, yeah so here you they are see side that. by side. You can see. Well, actually, that uh, was the that well, was the, actually yeah. The one on the left is the previous generation. The one on the right is a new gen. Yeah, but you can see an idea of the color difference.
2: And, and because there. of that bezel change, like the whole footprint of the laptop is smaller. Mm-hmm. I mean, they shaved like it's, it's, okay, it's significantly smaller. Yeah, it's almost like it's like a half an yeah, inch. You can see what he's talking about there in that video where there's yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, they took about a half an inch off of the width of the thing, I would imagine, and maybe like almost an inch off the depth of it, just just due to the bezel, had mm-hmm. to carry to the bottom as well, uh, you know, because just a smaller, it's a smaller square screen, right? Right. Now, the outer border of the screen is smaller. Oh, yeah, and you're uh, retracting. And this key is where we is. find out
0: if it's uh, yeah, flippable or not. This is where you find out if, if I just broke the laptop <laughs> Is it or actually not? a yoga or not? Yeah. Cross your fingers and yeah.
2: fold. See, actually, yeah, that's the perfect shot right there. Um. That showed how the keys retract. It's, it's, yeah. it's,
0: a, ni- it's a nice machine. It really is. Um, the other Lenovo store that I included here uh, is this one. It's got their smart assistant, which is – it actually uses Amazon Alexa, which is kind of interesting. Not really what I to talk about. Oh, yeah. Everybody who has Echoes just turned on. Um, Lenovo smart storage is like, eh, this was what I was thought was cool. The Lenovo 500 Multimedia Controller. Yep. It's a compact keyboard and touchpad and a small wireless
2: device. It's kind of like phone-sized.
0: Like BlackBerry-sized.
2: It's like, yeah, BlackBerry-sized. The whole keyboard is a touchscreen. Touchpad. Or a touchpad, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So you can literally, even uh, like the, the keys are kind of like membrane. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like, great. like if you remember back to some of the BlackBerry phones or some of the phones that had integrated uh you know, key, keyboards on them back in the day. Some of them were like membrane like that mm-hmm. keyboards. Mm-hmm. Like this felt very similar. Yeah, like the, some of the early HTC ones where the keyboard flipped down from behind the phone or some crap like that, right? They were like membrane. But somehow, they have integrated capacitive, like, touch sensitivity across that membrane. Even though there's like bumps for each key and stuff, right. you can drag your finger around and, and it, it actually... And it's not... And it's... It works pretty well. Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah. And then you click uh the bottom to like where the uh, on either side of the red line those are two buttons. Yeah. did yeah. you click for like so your Where's your the
2: nubbin? Time. Uh no nubbin.
1: <laughs> so Where's the nubbin? So it's uh so that's So do you get punished if you're on one side of the other uh, the red line?
2: If you, c- if no, you cross no. it.
1: It's a mini game. Oh. for control or, of the uh, remote. Oh man. It just
2: doesn't matter. Yeah, so um <laughs> really handy as like a media center kind of keyboard-ish kind of thing you want to sit on your couch and control yeah. something on your yeah, TV. Yeah. And, but then you, you know. still get
0: full quirky yeah, kind to, of input yeah right? you still yeah. get
2: a regular keyboard and you get a and remote it's, mouse
0: it's not that big a deal i just thought it was neat uh was they say yeah. the the battery will last up to eight months and it yeah. uses two coin cell like watch batteries yeah yeah so i mean pretty impressive that's that's yeah. pretty neat do uh, live under your couch cushion with the rest of your remote. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, who needs a 21-inch curved screen gaming laptop?
2: Oh, boy. This beast. That's
0: 21 a- inches, the, the Acer Predator 21X, originally announced back in August. I did forget about doesn't
2: that. Doesn't it have, like, cherry keys and stuff in it and stuff oh, like yeah, that, of too? Course. And, oh, like, yeah, yeah, built yeah. into the bottom of the keyboard? It has eye-tracking
0: the- technology from Tobii.
2: Oh and yeah, if it's
0: bulletproof for yeah. small caliber weapons.
3: Uh, Can used for
2: home defense. Might as well uh, yeah. be. Is every bell and whistle conceivably thrown into a laptop is pretty much in this one.
0: It's uh, NVIDIA G Sync screen, of course. Um, 1080 graphics cards up to, or maybe it is only GeForce GTX 1080 and SLI, seventh gen. You know, Cabby Lake 7820 HK. Processor, so it's it's wide sixty four gigs of memory five hundred four five hundred twelve gig solid state drives in RAID zero. Yeah,
2: it's it's ten eighty p, but it's widescreen ten eighty p, meaning twenty five sixty. Is it ten eighty p? It's twenty five sixty by ten eighty.
0: Yes, correct.
2: Yeah, uh, but one hundred twenty hertz. Correct. I mean that's that's a lot of bells and whistles it's pretty good and it's All only 20 pounds uh yeah well that's not the only other big number associated with this thing because it it's is. also true because it costs 9k no it's
0: 8999
2: that's nine thousand dollars
0: no it's slightly99 it's damn it
2: <laughs> you forgot the 99 cents yeah, Whoever wrote this piece cents on there. yeah Johnny She
1: um, just she his pants. That, that's, that that's just
2: that's a lot of coin. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's an amazing looking laptop, and oh like, yeah, it's very impressive. But holy crap, that's a lot of money for any. Does it uh, have two
0: three hundred thirty watt power supplies?
2: Uh, is it two?
0: bricks? It says power three thirty wx two.
2: I think it's. I think you, <laughs> yeah. I think you have to plug two bricks. Is that into a it.
0: backup
3: for the when the first one catches on fire?
0: <laughs>
2: oh man. Um, Holy moly! Yeah, mind
3: you, with that stat, I could believe it would want six hundred
2: watt. Does this even have a battery in it? I'm just curious. Shouldn't.
3: Probably not. Uh, Eighty-eight watt
2: hour battery. Eighty-eight yes, watt hour battery. So.
0: That's like almost. That's
2: less than two x what's in my laptop. Yeah. You, you can boot. <laughs> so it's so it's a it's a UPS basically. Yeah, it's like oh the power went out. Darn! I hope my battery holds out. You can just watch the battery meter tick down. Ew. Like yeah. <laughs> Nice. oh my goodness yeah but man so much money so much cool it's just it's very cool but so much money my
0: goodness. uh what else is really expensive how about two terabyte thumb drives from kingston
2: that is also very expensive um can you put them in your mouth uh they kind of fit <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand the question josh asked so i'm answering <laughs> You kind of have to to It's, People it's know. It, they have they have some girth. That's to not them. how
3: you do a dead drop. <laughs> Josh. But is
2: but is but is I would say that the girth is uh, about an equal approximation. So if you uh, as long as you can realize you can uh, accept it a little bit into your throat there. Uh, you can, (laughs) you can fit in your mouth. (laughs) Hey, Josh, what there? I'm just the opened the door. I'm just going, uh, we don't have time for these types of jokes. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry.
0: We need to get through. Yeah. So it's just, it's a a two
2: terabyte flash drive. Uh, we've seen other two terabyte flash drives, but usually they're uh, like, kind of like an SSD ish style thing that's in a case and it needs a cable connected to the thing. This is just, it's all in one unit. Now, I don't know of any laptop that you could plug this into without the lap, the edge of the laptop sitting off of the table. Once it's plugged uh, in, yeah, because true. it's kind. Do
0: they give you like a little dongle, maybe?
2: I, I would imagine it comes. Yeah, so anytime probably. you see thumb drives like this, they come with a little yeah. extension. But then you're in the same <laughs> boat that you were with something like a Samsung T3 or any of the other, you know, no. SS, like which they also make in a two terabyte, but just not built into one, you know. How fast kind is of it? How much does it cost me? Uh, they did not really talk about the speed. Hmm. Um. And I don't even think they really talked about the price. Okay. So it was just like, here's a thing. No, I totally believe them and, then. And check it out. And um, it, it'll, fi- you know, five-year warranty. And uh, it'll come out sometime this year kind of thing.
0: Okay. All right. Well, there you go.
2: Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's it's USB 3.1 Gen 1, which means... So it's five gigabytes per second. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, it'll probably do, you know, like you know 3 maybe 400 mic per second i mean it's it's going to be beefy yeah um and they probably had to do some interesting controller slash flash like you know folded pcb kind of tai chi moves to fit right like to try to fit it in there like that for 2 terabytes right cuz you have to have a decent number of dies stacked up to reach that much even now um yeah i mean you know it was a cool thing they were showing it off so all we right.
0: talked about it. We talked about it. We did. Yeah. Uh, let's also let's see. Oh, I should have done this in order. Acer. They did have a couple of monitors announced as well. Uh, the world's first twenty-one by nine curved monitor with eye tracking functionality. That is the Predator Z three hundred one CT. It also is a. It's a VA panel with a two hundred hertz refresh rate. NVIDIA G Sync. Right. And uh, an ergo stand, full motion stand with height swivel tilt. So it's a two hundred hertz um what resolution is it uh 200 hertz 2560 by 1080 yeah same as that
2: uh curved uh laptop one
0: with eye tracking yep but this is a 30 inch screen not a 21 inch screen yeah it's big it's it's big um and and 200 hertz is impressive Yeah.
2: yeah yeah
3: tn for anyone that needs to whine
2: uh well yeah it is tn no
0: no this one's va oh wait yeah
2: yeah wow the, oh, the second one sorry
0: yeah yeah the first one
2: is 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 va yeah that
0: uh, ah. and it's and it's got an 899 msrp available in february it's up there but Shut it is time. 200 hertz it's all right I mean, uh and then the second one they're announcing um is the uh there's two of them the XB 252 q and the XB 272 um they're 1080p g-sync monitors with ulmb support and 240 hertz refresh rates nice so, uh, 1080p, 240 hertz. Uh, these are TN, G-Sync ULMB. Actually, I saw a demo of one. They're 549 dollars um, for the lower cost one. Bad. I assume, yeah. yeah. Now, so what's interesting is so it's 1080p, but 240 hertz. Or 240 hertz. Yep. It's clearly aimed at like
2: it's Twitch Pro
0: style yeah. Twitch gaming, right? Yeah. Because they showed like ULMB working.
2: And the ULMB actually, I believe, goes to 240. It's up there.
0: I want to say I only saw it running at like one fifty. Sure,
2: but but there's there's an
0: ASUS variant of this that has those
2: numbers and goes to two forty with uh with you know ULMB.
0: And I want to I want to say yeah uh, one of the features here called Acer Dark Boost um, attempts to lessen the degree with which your screen darkens when you enable ULMB. Okay. I don't know how it does it. They're strobing brighter. Strobing brighter.
2: Yeah, just a better backlight.
0: But I would—I don't know why you wouldn't let it go brighter when you're not in that mode. I guess. Well,
2: because well. then it's just like a way. Well, probably power draw. At that point, it's acting I like guess. a huge flashlight. Yeah. You know, you, you only put on maybe, so many nits. Maybe. Yeah. maybe.
0: So that's a couple of interesting monitors. Like so, 240 hertz. You've got to you got to really know you want that display.
2: Yeah. Before you before you dive into that. And I do like this. Like design, like even the 165 hertz panel, like the Predator panel from uh, Acer, You're about, like the physical ID and stuff. Like I like that they got away from the glossy stuff, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The bezels much narrower. They don't have any other. Glo- There's no gloss on the front or the back, as far as the plastics. You know, it's all matte-ish kind of plastics around the whole thing. Um, you know, they they don't do any of the crazy designs on the back, uh, like what Asus is, is known to do on theirs. Like they right. still, it's still kind of you know a little bit on the plain side, but. It's, you know, not the crazy glossy thing anymore, thank goodness. On, that helps. That was our principal complaint on a lot of the that Acer helps. panels,
0: yeah. Uh, what else we talk about? Oh, uh, Jeremy, you wrote this up. The GTX 1050 and 1050 Ti are now mobile chipsets,
3: right? Mobile but, GPUs. But they're not M's. The, the the M was apparently confusing people, so the mobile 1050 will be the 1050. Well, they
0: didn't, they didn't have any huh. M's in the 1080 or 1070 or 1060. I know, either. and they're sticking with it. Oh, okay. But, uh, and
3: I think we've pretty much seen these coming for quite a sure. while. We knew there'd be a 1050 Ti. And I, the, what they're giving us for stats aren't too bad at all. I The 1050 has got 640 uh, Cuda cores, the 1050 Ti 768, about the jump you'd expect. Yeah. The boost clock of 1493, um, maybe a little disappointing for some people. The 1050 Ti at 1620, not so bad. Yeah. Well, we don't see prices yet, um, but you can expect these to come in laptops uh, sub $1,000. Like, for the base right. models, you're probably going to pay eight or $900. It'll have a 1080p monitor, and they'll power it just perfectly. Uh, it's G-Sync will be an option with these, uh, as long as you stick with the lower
0: resolution. Right. Right. And apart from that, we, I didn't see any. Did you guys actually see any on the no. floor? No, no, I, no. I, I wasn't looking. There were some there, but I didn't, I didn't really see them. No. Jeremy, you might want but to move so, your microphone a little bit up towards your face a little bit more. It, it's like that far away. <laughs> Say hello no. to your face. Say
3: hello to my little face. Right, we were
0: just getting a little <laughs> background noise on it, but that's fine.
3: Yeah, if you're looking for uh, a gaming laptop, uh, you don't have the space for a full-on desktop, or you just sometimes move around. For $700 to $1,000, I think you'll be able to pick quite a few models. sometimes move. <laughs> and and, and to take your system with move. you. Yeah. Well, it's either <laughs> that or drop that much on a case that you can actually cart around.
2: Right? Yeah, right. that's
0: right. Uh, I actually did see – actually, I did – I think it back. I did see this Dell, uh, a 14-inch Dell laptop. There's kind of a follow-up to a machine that uh, Ken reviewed for us a little while ago that is like a GTX 1050 with Cabulake. You know, similar. You know, some kind of spec other than that. Probably eight gigs of memory and 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 a modest SSD or maybe it's like a one terabyte hard drive for like eight hundred bucks. Okay. Right. Using this, so that's that. That would be that would be a pretty impressive, uh, pretty impressive combo. Uh, What else we got? Uh, Logitech here launched G thirty or G five thirty three wireless gaming headset. These are um, Sebastian has these. He's going to do reviews. We won't spend much time on them, but they are. Wireless gaming headsets. They use the same Pro G audio drivers that the G nine thirty three uses. Right. Um, but they're these are analog only. No, wait. I just said
2: they're wireless. Well they're wireless. That was the other one. Yes, it's uh, wireless analog.
0: These lose some of the
2: some of the um They got rid of the colorful stuff. Yeah, there's no LEDs. RGB lights and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're much more subdued. Like much more plain looking, one of, still look one, nice. of,
0: one of the synthetic audio techs they lost. Like it still has DTS headphone X, but I okay. can't remember the name of the other one that it dropped. Okay, um, but like I said, uh, the same drivers as the previous. These should be pretty good. Um, you know, a little bit lower on the feature set type of thing. One hundred forty nine dollars is the is the target for this. And like I said, Sebastian has a set, so yeah, prices lower. We'll hear so. pretty soon, yeah, we'll hear pretty soon. Um, okay, we're getting into my favorite part of the podcast. All right, HDR displays. Oh dear. Um, so the first one I saw in person at the show was the ASUS ProArt HDR. Um, it is a 32-inch Thunderbolt 3 display with a 384-zone backlight. Mm-hmm. Which, for people who don't know what that means, it is, it is there are 384 distinct areas that can be
2: illuminated at different levels. Also known as, uh, if you're a TV guy, local dimming. Local
0: dimming, um, and it yeah. basically allows you to make, you know, in- increase the brightness in an area of the screen that needs it, yep. without doing it to the to the other side. It, yep. You could kind of see it as a, a way you can emulate some of the capability of OLED. Sure, kind of right yeah. by it's, it it can so, be per pixel dimming.
2: Just picture that the backlight is a low resolution screen.
0: Yes. 384-pixel
2: screen. Yeah, it's a very, very (laughs) low-resolution screen, right? But because you could basically just light up different areas of the backlight you know, at Mm -hmm. will, right? So if you have a dark scene on the bottom half of a screen and a really bright scene on the top half, it'll only crank up the the brightness Mm -hmm. on the top half, right? So you get improved contrast
0: ratios. You get improved kind of dynamic range of the display. Yep. Uh, Speaking of which, it does support 95% of the DCI-P3 color space and peak brightness of 1,000 nits.
2: Which is... Which is definitely good. Pretty damn bright. And uh, these it numbers... It is 4K, too. You you can talk about the numbers all day. You have to... This is the thing. You can't watch somebody else's coverage of these things or somebody else's video of these things. No. You just... It, there's, it does not work. You have to, like, see it in person to actually get uh, how much of a difference in dynamic range and how brightness... Yeah. Brightness versus dark, you it, know, how it, the darks, darks are. It does
0: a disservice for me to show you this picture. Yeah. A Unless you've
3: got an HDR monitor to watch it on, even then, uh, not because even then, the camera because, you, you don't have you an use. HDR
2: camera. Yeah, yeah the, the cameras have f- a hard oh. time picking up that amount of dynamic range, and you'd have to like render your you have to shoot raw and render your pictures with the HDR output in mind, basically. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your 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 uh, raw converter it somewhere. Yeah, your raw converter is just tone mapping down to like regular color space. So it, there's stuff that it's a learning process for the whole dang chain to try to portray Much like this stuff like 3D
0: TVs or 3D vision or VR or yeah. you know other types of tech it's impossible to accurately describe it right and 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 i and i'm not exaggerating when i say like i came back from ces and all i've really done so far is be like well what hdr tv am i going to buy
2: now yeah ryan is like no shit he's he's tv I, shopping
0: like they're sh- they're sending me links here through the chat, through the Slack chat, while we're doing the show, and I'm like, well, I should probably order that TV. Yeah. Or Ryan, you should it's just wait. US
3: model, yeah, it's Ryan. You should HG just wait first. for the
2: Super Bowl's sales. No. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a. <laughs> this looks
0: like Super Bowl sale price to me, so I'm I, ready
2: to go. I mean, there was a nice LG OLED by like, <laughs> HDR panel sitting at uh, AMD's booth, and yeah, this R- one. Ryan kept eyeballing it. It's the LG W series OLED B6. And don't get me wrong, it Sebastian
0: looked, has his TV.
2: Oh, he does have. He it. has this TV. Okay, I mean, it yeah. looks phenomenal. Especially looks they amazing. were showing some pretty nice content on it to show off HDR oh, as well. Don't get me wrong, like yeah. you know, totally black room with red paint being thrown across the, yeah. you know, yeah, and perfect. it's like, holy crap, look at the contrast on that thing. Yeah, so it looks amazing. Don't get me wrong, HDR sets look amazing just across the board.
0: And, and, I, um, and I, when I went into on our pre-CES episode, my request was more HDR monitors, yeah. not just TVs, but monitors. Right. And so this is this is the <clears> first. First of that. And then we also saw, and I guess I can skip this story and go straight from the leak to the actual hands on, where the ROG Swift PG27UQ, which is the first shown NVIDIA G Sync oh, HDR. Uh, what is it? It oh. said no, QU. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oops, I don't want any of so, that. So, first of all, put the HDR side stuff aside for a minute. Uh, you know how I've always been whining that, like, you know, I won't go 4K because my choice is either high refresh. Or 4K60. Right. Well, this is 4K144. This is 4K144 HDR. And it will do HDR 10-bit, supposedly, at 4K144. Right? Correct. So that's Correct. not just 8-bit color, but 10-bit color trying to squeeze over that yeah. Over that cable.
0: And if you're watching this on the stream, it's going to be even worse. But like, if you look at these two screens side by side, like that that shot right there, like there is clearly a difference. Yeah. It's,
2: but it's hard to... The
0: one on the right looks way better. Yeah. And you can, yeah. I, it's blowing out on the camera It's blowing out on the camera like where the sky is. Yeah. But if you look at kind of like the detail level in the bottom right-hand corner um, or the park.
2: Yeah. Or yeah. The park. Yeah. Like, like
0: a little green park. Yeah, which doesn't even look Yeah. So you can you can kind of get an idea for it, but it's all simulated. All the stuff you're seeing is kind of like um, you it's know, being cropped
2: to the to, yeah. to the range of your screen. And I, the range could see, of our video I could see I could see some
0: people looking at these two and
2: preferring the one on the left. Sure, because the white is blown out on the yeah. one on the right. The one in person, the one on the right, looks like the one on the left as far as uh, you know the the like basically your your eye and your brain will readjust looking at so the screen awesome with a with a wider range, mm-hmm. and it'll just be a more realistic looking picture to you. Right, basically that's what it ends up being you know it's, it's daylight noting. like looking at the sun on a picture yep. on an hdr screen looks like looking at the sun mm-hmm. like it's that bright
0: it's it's almost you there's know. a there's a scene in this where uh he jumps down a tunnel an explosion comes up uh behind him that when i watched it on the hdr screen it
2: was almost it's almost too much
0: like hurt to yeah. look at it but yeah. that's like peak everything yeah. on it um and it actually worked out for well i think it's like right here when where it happens yeah maybe <laughs> it's yeah this this explosion soon, I mean. that comes up comes up the tunnel yeah. like it's it's bright enough that it was it you was tell,
2: almost hurtful you could tell the, the lighting adjusted on the camera and it looked like the room lights dimmed because right. the screen was so bright and the camera was yep. like compensating right so so th- this is again it's
0: we don't know anything about the price of this monitor. Yeah, it's probably in the fifteen hundred dollar range. Same thing with the other one; is probably in the fifteen to seventeen hundred dollar range. The pro, the pro art from ASUS is also uh, like pre-calibrated out of the box type of thing. Like it's their pro series models. Uh, this is obviously meant for gaming, um, and we don't know a whole lot about what g-sync hdr actually is what kind of requirements they're going to put on it um what we only know now is that there's an acer and an asus monitor based on probably the identical panel yeah 144 4k uh uh UHD uh and hdr capability yep Three hundred and eighty four zones if you, should, um, if you scroll down a it's little a bit 27 on that. inch screen now, that's that's my one thing is i would like this to be a 32 inch at this point rather yeah, than a 27 nice. like i think
2: 27 is maybe a little bit it's a little bit small for 4k
0: yeah yeah. No, no, no. The glass costs more,
3: and you're sort of bridging that sure. TV monitor space, That's which true, but weird. But
2: I think 32 would kind of get you closer to the point where you might get away with not scaling, like DPI scaling, because in Windows, DPI scaling is the devil, in my opinion.
0: Well, yeah. it could get better, but yeah.
2: It has room for improvement. There's one general beef I have on Asus monitors. If you scroll down, yeah. If you, so if you switch to that, that stand, mm-hmm. like I really want to like that stand. Yeah. I tried using it. On mm-hmm. one panel, because I brought one of the panels to my house to try to use before I was going to buy it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the way that that is a stand that can do rotation and the way that they want to do their super bulky industrial design looking like really beefy looking thing, the panel ends up being very close to you if, a de- if your desk is not that deep. Because if you if basically if you're stuck with the screen's going to fall off the desk... Because you screwed it too far back. Because the back
0: leg is, extends out. The
2: back leg doesn't extend out that far, but the the stand puts the display itself very far forward because that whole uh, post section rotates. It's the pivot. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and just just with the way that they did that, they kind of had to cantilever the screen like further out forward. So okay. uh, so it, you typically will have like aces or uh, Acer will tend to make displays that don't have a rotating stand in their like higher ends. And it actually puts the screen back like almost three inches, mm. with the, with the same back edge of your desk being the limit of you know how far you can scoot the, the display stand back. So mm. just it's something to consider, right? Like if you have kind <laughs> of a smaller desk at your house, um,
0: we'll see. I don't I don't think this is something that's going to be for sale until like mid year, yeah. Right. So yeah. There, there's a lot of time for us to figure out. My guess would be that. AMD found out about FreeSync 2 and said, well, we can't let them have all
2: the limelight. You mean NVIDIA found out about FreeSync 2?
0: What, what did I say? You said AMD. Yeah, AMD knew about FreeSync 2. <laughs> they and NVIDIA knew. found out about it and goes, well, we can do this too. And so make sure they had that, that tech ready to show off. It was still impressive. I want to see it. Uh, and then in the, our last kind of major display is Dell showed the UltraSharp 32 Ultra HD 8K monitor.
2: Uh, that did not fit over one cable.
0: Uh, two display port cables yeah yeah which makes sense um it is a 10 bit 100 percent srgb and adobe rgb display adobe
2: rgb is a much bigger range than it is srgb
0: <laughs> um it looked phenomenal it's a five thousand dollar display uh but well, the, it, i mean it's coming down
2: considering it's 8k uh and but it's it,
0: still less than one per k uh, uh, yeah true, true yeah true. uh it's impressive um they had, let's see, they all, all you could basically watch on it. You couldn't watch video on it. You couldn't do anything else like that. Like, uh, they're probably still tuning a bunch of stuff in it. You could flip between images and, you know, image of a landscape, and you could just see every detail on the buildings in it, even when they were it, it might away. have
2: It might have still had like a tear line down the center between the two panes or it
0: something. It was, um, if you squeezed the, uh, the bezel, it went away. So it's clearly like a manufacturing issue. Oh, that's weird. Issue. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I saw that too finally um, a screen i can watch lawrence of arabia on <laughs> yeah uh they had one picture that impressed me the most where it was a bunch of it was hundreds of clocks just like in a tile pattern and right you could, and you can like, read. read the time yeah, you can read every single it. one yeah. and, it, and it doesn't make any sense unless you see the picture of the clocks but they were all very tiny and if yeah. you got close enough you could read the time on all the clocks it was impressive um it's basically like super retina
2: desktop we're, display. we're
0: still getting like. We're still kind of just now getting into like the 4K era on actual PCs, yeah. so the 8K is another step forward. But it's nice to see uh, you know tech demo out yeah, there the DPI already.
2: Scaling really needs to be better
0: <laughs> if you're going to do an <laughs> I 8K. I did. <laughs> I did look at display properties on it, and it was not a fun thing to do, uh, like in the menus. Yeah. So uh, what else we have? Nvidia had a couple of other things. They showed uh, a new Shield TV, um, which is the same technically from a hardware perspective. Okay, what's different? It's a smaller form factor. They were to give it into a smaller design in terms of thermals and whatnot. Um, and through software updates, they have now allowed it to support uh, more 4K HDR streaming services like Netflix and Amazon, YouTube, um, Voodoo.
2: Voodoo. So you if said you will. the hardware is the same, though?
0: But like the, the chip is the
2: same. Does this mean if you have an older Shield TV, you get these same features?
0: You will uh, have the. You will be able to get a firmware update that will get oh. you most of the new features, all of like the HDR capabilities and stuff. Okay. Um, they're also giving you a new controller that has the capability – I don't think it will be this way at launch. It's something that's coming in the spring um, – that integrates Google Assistant in the Shield TV itself.
2: Yeah. So you can just talk to it. So basically. you can just
0: talk out loud. Like you can talk to your Google Home or your Echo or whatever. And the controller – we'll have the always on mic listening for the keyword that then activates it and turns us you know turns the signal back that and then you can you know interact with it that way okay and it was pretty neat and then they also announced a um nvidia what was dot? that dot i think spot spot, spot. spot. Oh, thank
1: you yeah, and he spot. kept pronouncing it spy
2: oh did oh no, yeah yeah he was he was languaging it a little bit off. That's not
1: good. That's not good. No.
2: He did say spy at so least once. So it's
1: all the NVIDIA spy in yeah. your <laughs> living room. Yeah,
2: it sounded very nefarious when he did it, too. Uh, yeah, but it's basically just a plug-in, like... Was it even a nightlight, too, or something? Wasn't there, like, a lit? I don't know. I don't but know if it's it, a it nightlight. Looks, it looks like one of those. It, it,
0: it, it plugs directly into the wall. Yeah,
2: it looks like a really tiny little circular... And it has a microphone and a speaker on
0: it, and it basically extends the Google Assistant capability to... Yep. other rooms that are away from your controller yep. or
2: the Shield yep. TV. And if you had, supposedly it was technically advanced enough and communicating well enough with the other ones. If you ha- the assumption is you have multiple of them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it was able to do even positional, like, oh, okay, right? It was able to figure out where the sound was coming from in the room based on, uh, you know, uh, DSP, gotcha. you know, and like timing and stuff. The new controller looks weird. Yeah. It's very polygonal. Yeah, very
0: much of the Nvidia design style. Every every uh, new Shield comes with the remote in the box, whereas before that was an add on. Okay, uh, and it's still one ninety nine for like the base model that has you know sixteen gigs of internal storage, and then you can add a micro SD uh, card to it. Um, so it's the same price with upgraded um, uh, controller and some upgraded capabilities in the controller, and then the remote plugged in. Um, I. I'm going to probably try to do an experiment with cord cutting because my TV service went up again, and I think it's going to center around this—an HD home run and a service like Sling TV or Vue or something like that. So we'll see. We'll see how all that uh, all that pans out. Um, so $199, uh, I think it's went up for order today, maybe. Uh, and then there's still a $299 model that has like an integrated 500 gig hard drive or something. Okay, something like that. If you happen to need it. Uh, they also announced GeForce Now for PCs. Uh, GeForce Now is the streaming gaming service that existed on Shield devices already, where you, had a, you paid a subscription and you could get access to some subset of PC games. Yep. GeForce Now for PCs is a little different in that you play the games you own on a virtualized system. In yeah. the cloud.
2: You sign into Steam on a VM. Essentially. Basically, yeah. yeah.
0: Now, they say they're integrating the experience so you're not actually, like, logging into a VM desktop, starting up Steam and doing it that way. Like, during the setup process of the thing...
2: Yeah, you would sign in on you that. You kind of
0: give it your credentials for Steam, and <laughs> then when you launch the application, you actually are just, like, launching it on a per-game basis, maybe even. Um, wow. So it seemed to be a little bit... The, the, the interface was, hadn't been beta, finalized. It was beta-ish, yet. yeah. Yeah. Um, But the idea is if you are mobile and you're on a laptop with no GPU Mm -hmm. or uh, you're just a gamer that doesn't um, have a lot of time to play games, you don't want to invest in buying a PC, you can then do this service where you pay per hour for gaming capability and play over the streaming capabilities.
2: Um, And what did it work out to per hour? uh, It
0: was $25 for 20, like, hours yeah, for twenty hours,
2: of yeah. GTX 1060 get gameplay. Yeah, they they didn't spell that out during the. I don't think they did either. No, they didn't say what version you yeah. got because you can get up to a GTX 1080s worth of performance. Yeah, um, but you have to pay more. Um, it that. is
0: half the hours.
2: Oh, well, yeah. Twenty
0: five dollars for ten hours of so like a 1080.
2: So you're paying twice as much. Yeah.
0: You're paying now, a little bit. Yeah. When I when I first heard this, so first of all, you got to get past the idea that there may be you know there's the latency concerns. Of playing a game that's streaming,
2: and the laws of physics still apply. Correct. So yeah.
0: So depending on the game, depending on your experience level, there's going to be some people that love it and some
2: people that are, don't like it at all. And and we'll test it as we go. I mean, they they probably just I'd imagine they've made some changes to get make this better and even reduce the latency even a little bit more. But it just realizes if ne- you have
0: a higher performing GPU, you reduce the effective latency yeah. slightly because the GPU like. You don't have to wait for, like, a refresh cycle yeah. on a display. As soon as the frame is rendered, it can start to be encoded and start to be sent out to your
2: Right, system. right, right. Yeah. But the, the the lower limit of that is still going to be, basically, your ping time to the server. Correct. Right? It's just... just yeah. The packets take so long to yep. get across the internet, yep. right?
0: They, they could maybe do some things where they... You know, render ahead and predictively, predictively send stuff out. I don't know. They haven't talked about that yet. They haven't. Geographically
3: limit just uh, just Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So the idea is that you're paying hourly for this. And when I first heard the price, I would fully admit to being kind of like taken aback. Like, oh my god, twenty five dollars for twenty hours of
2: gaming. But you don't have to buy a GPU.
0: Yeah. So that was the thing. Is I started thinking about it as somebody who doesn't play games all the time and have computer hardware all over yeah a if you bought a computer with a gtx 1060 in it that could play these games at 1080p 60 you're mm-hmm. probably looking at what a thousand bucks
2: if you put the whole system together yeah right? something like that maybe a yeah. little bit
0: more than that because you got to get a monitor and all that type of stuff yeah um does seem reasonable you josh Can you gotta buy the game Sure,
2: reasonable yeah well you still gotta buy the right. game either way you still
1: have to buy the game here right so are but if gonna he only renders ahead how how cool would that game even be? Because you just have a head that's being rendered over and over again. Ha
0: uh, uh, yeah. ha. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, you still have to own the games. Like, you create – you have a Steam account. You're buying the games. Or if you already have a Steam account, you can play the games you already own. Yep. Um, so that, that that's one uh-huh. way it differentiates between
1: what the Shield service is versus what the PC service is. Right. Um, I wonder how long it takes to install a game that you already own on their services. I mean, they're probably all
2: installed. It's
0: probably all local cache, if anything else. Yeah, they said seconds to
1: a minute.
2: Yeah, it's probably, they're just all there. And uh, I'd imagine they worked with the Steam guys and were able to point their whole cluster at like a a SAN that just had all of the game content sitting there.
0: So $1,000 divided by $25 buckets gets you 40 buckets times 20 hours is 800 hours of gameplay. It's a lot of gameplay for a thousand bucks. If you divide that by fifty-two weeks a year, that's fifteen hours of gaming per year. Per, 15, 15 per gaming w- of hours. Fifteen gaming hours per week. Yeah, for a full year.
2: Yeah, for a thousand bucks. So it's like you know three hours a night yeah. or two three hours a night. So,
3: which most people that are going to get this don't can't spare. They're they're doing three hours a week.
2: Right. I,
0: I think I agree. I think that's kind of like the target. Right. Is right. somebody who's not spending a thousand dollars a year. Maybe they're spending four hundred dollars a year because. They're gaming five hours a week or something like that, one, one or two days a week, and they just, want, they just want to be able to do it. And if, if they happen to have two hours free at, um, you know, when they're on the go, if you're at a hotel that has good internet, that's the key, um, yeah. you can do that. Yeah, that's another, right? you know. Um, and, and you start to think of it more in the, like, AWS pricing thing. I, I don't think it's for yeah. me. I don't think it's for me, but I, I see the subset of people that it might appeal to.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're not the target market.
0: Right if you could spend sixty dollars if you could spend fifty dollars a month to play forty hours of games
2: yeah and I mean go. i mean they're, the numbers that they threw out during the thing were basically what it boiled down to was you have roughly fifty percent of pc users don't have the hardware to play like high end games mm-hmm. so imagine if yeah, you could like just I sign up for the this. definition of it too, but yeah, so you could just sign up for ter- the service and potentially you could just even just spend the twenty five bucks toy around with some games for twenty hours worth and then be happy enough with that to be like oh okay i'm going to build a gaming pc or something like that right Right. because you're getting to try the stuff out granted it's not the perfect optimal experience latency wise but still you get the nice graphics you know you get to
0: in theory right and 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 it's the current service will be limited to 1080p probably 60 frames per second sure um that that could go up, maybe you know, you just you just don't know. Like for me, yeah. like you probably don't need 1080p for all that type of stuff. Well, I mean, they, they also have 10, to, 6, or 1080 GPUs for that. You probably need 1060 GPUs.
2: They for also that. have to try to keep within the bandwidth limitations of the again typical person that does sure. not have a gaming PC. Sure, right. So going higher than 1080p is kind of like you know silly.
0: Rogue in the chat says he wants to use all this for 3D Mark Time Spy benchmark. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. Why is welcome our cluster so.
2: overheating? I don't understand why. Some
0: professional clouders strike.
2: They will gladly
0: charge you twenty five dollars for twenty hours of benchmarking. I assume. Yeah. Um, they didn't mention what GPUs these are working on, uh, except that they were slightly more powerful than a GTX 1080. So my guess is that these are GP 102 based parts. Okay. They can then virtualize in segment. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll mean, we'll have we more on the about, service soon. Say again. Are we talking about
3: NVIDIA cards that could uh, virtualize up to what was it eight users at a time? Yes, correct. Yeah. So yeah. I think we've got our grid going.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, more on that later. Uh, Alan, quickly, Western Digital launched the WD Black NVMe PCIe
2: SSD. Yep. So these are uh, basically Marvell-controlled SanDisk Flash NVMe SSDs. Okay. Right? So, um, you know, it's an NVMe SSD from Western Digital. Hooray. Just, to, just to let world, that sink in for world, a little bit. SanDisk, it is a-changing right? Uh, you know, and I mean, they they, yes. they they call it a black, kind of because they already used up green and blue, because it's it's supposed to be more of a budget product, right? The, the pricing they're going for is more of a budget price, right? The performance is not going to be like try to beat a Samsung 960 Pro or anything like that. Sure, you know, it's probably going to do okay because Marvel doesn't make shabby controllers by any means, you know. But it's probably going to be behind, you know, the top top ones on the market, um, and using. What is now in-house Sandisk Flash, you know, because they merged with Sandisk, right? Um, you know, so they can kind of get around the middleman on, uh, you know, yeah. who they're buying their flash from and stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, they're looking at around forty cents per gig for a couple of different capacities. I mean, Her, that's
0: that's five hundred twelve gigs for one hundred ninety-nine dollars. Yeah, it's all right.
2: I mean, it's you know, good, yeah. good prices. The performance looks decent. It's not you know, not mind blowing, but uh, do we have one in yet? When are we going to get one? In? Uh, it's going to be a few weeks, probably. Man, all right, yeah. But you know, it's it's good. It's good to see them. Yeah, absolutely. They kind of need to compete in that space. They, right? they do indeed. Yeah, we will see soon.
0: Um, who likes Gus? Gus. Gus. Uh, there's just so many jokes that can be made. <laughs> the, MS, it's the, MS, so hard. the MSI guy didn't like it when I called it Gus. It was G U S. He kept repeating. No, well, if you say spell nope, something G U
2: S, then it's this Gus. is
0: a this is their Thunderbolt three external graphics uh, dock. But um, <laughs> we
2: call it Gus.
0: <laughs> it is a it's Thunderbolt three, so it's forty gigabit per second. It includes a five hundred watt power supply, um, USB three Type C and Type A ports. <laughs> Uh, as
1: well as a quick charge port on the front of the unit for you know hooking up your cell phone and type of stuff. Okay, does it does it actually make sense to me when you say, "Hop on the bus, Gus." Does it make sense I mean, to you? We're using it's, it's PCIe. on the, plan. It's it's on on the bus.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm like that. We, yeah, you should, Yeah, yeah, well, that could be their marketing slogan. It's trademarked Oh Right it, now, it is, you no, gotta, you got to write used. in a letter and send it to yourself.
1: Hop on the bus, Gus. Yeah, I just yeah. get in the back, Jack. Don't need to discuss much. Got a plan, Jan?
3: <laughs> got to be free.
1: Drop off the keys, Lee. All I don't right.
0: know what's happening. Set um, yourself free. Obviously not. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all there is. I don't know anything about pricing or availability, except every time I see one of these devices, I'm like, that's pretty cool. You guys should. And it
3: put- doesn't come with a 500 uh, watt power supply either. I don't believe.
2: No, it does. It's it's integrated. It's integrated. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, 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 it kind of would have to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, the reason I think this is more important now and will be for 2017 is like almost all of the new laptops coming out have Thunderbolt. Yep. Right? So this is the day. This is the time. Yep. The time is now. External graphics, guys, probably won't happen. Oh, come on. You don't need Moving to be on. coy, Roy. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> have you guys seen this laptop? Which one? <laughs> Have you seen
3: this? Have
2: <laughs> you seen <laughs> this <those laughs> laptop <laughs> reward?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it on a milk carton yet?
2: <laughs> uh, I, I will say, I saw I saw a tweet from Linus that had him in a thieving position with this laptop. So uh, you All know, of his
1: shots are
3: like that. I know. I'm just wondering if he's dropped it or. It's not a, yet. It's a
2: really bad coincidence, though. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. He dropped it. It broke, and he slid it under the under the table with his foot or something. Yeah, so that laptop did disappear. Is there? Uh, Razer Project Valerie triple monitor gaming laptop, triple 4K, because a mobile GPU is the first thing that comes to mind when I want to drive triple 4K panels in gaming. Right. Uh, yes, it is a gaming laptop, so... Uh,
0: I would hope so, I Well, guess, they call it a gaming that, laptop.
2: It's, yeah. it's in the name. Uh, you're going to need to turn the resolution down on some, case, some games, just saying, but... Well, uh, sure. You yeah. know how
0: much does that thing weigh uh it's probably up there more than a 21 inch curved
2: display i mean did they show it did they show it fold up wait a minute
3: pounds apparently
2: What? Uh, under 12
3: that's what i'm reading and someone wrote that that
2: wasn't me i mean okay so (laughs) i'm curious did you see this in person i know no one did Uh, not okay i mean i haven't seen it fold I haven't either. Like, I've not I keep seen the seeing... mechanical process of, you mean? Yeah, like I want to see how does it do the thing with the thing? Like, how does that work? Like, what is it, you know?
0: Uh, maybe, do you... maybe this video how that I'll play close... so my video can be taken down on YouTube later. Oh, great. Oh, Wonderful. wait. There it goes. Oh, there wait, it goes. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh,
2: okay. I'm going okay. to move this a little there bit it. so it doesn't kick. Oh, it's, oh. it's expanding. Oh, it's ex- it's... oh it slides out. Oh, they out. slide. Oh, okay. okay. So they both slide. And then, hmm. oh, look at that action. Oh, Somebody okay, tells so me that, that's a render. What? Uh, no way. <laughs> well, it is now. It was the whole time, Alan. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so someone like, stole
1: a rendering file? So, that's. Um, <laughs> Talk about piracy.
0: It's cool looking. Laptop, would you? Yeah.
2: You could probably pause that's, the video or something. That's pretty, we pretty cool the, uh, design, like, right? right? Like, Yeah. Also, it's been stolen. Yeah. It's been stolen there you go that's the end of that so there's that
0: one. all right uh real quick as well sebastian posted up a new story from audio technica um just, he has several headphone posts in the CES sub series. If you go to slash CES, you can see several, many pages of CES news posts. This was just a uh, set of headphones from Audio Technica using something called AptX, which I don't know if many people had heard of. It's pretty cool tech that I saw at Qualcomm when I was there yes. last
2: year. High bandwidth Bluetooth, basically.
0: High bandwidth, like high quality audio over Bluetooth that yep. most people, you know, still to this day swear off. Right. Um, they also have a low latency version. Of Aptex, and yep. they have an HD version that actually has a higher bit rate capability as well, all within the con- con, uh, constraints of Bluetooth itself. Yep. So, um, it, it's it's pretty impressive, uh, and it looks like they're coming to you know in ears, uh, over ears, all that type of stuff. Um, I, I think we'll see a lot more of this AptX stuff in the not too distant okay. future. I'm so,
3: glad you didn't review the earless headphones, though.
0: Yeah, the earless ones are it's really sure bad. Yeah, indeed. All right, and lastly, guys, HDMI 2.1 specifications are out, supporting Finally. higher resolutions, higher refresh rates, and game mode VRR. It's no longer just kind of a hacked add-on by AMD. Um, 48 gigabits. Seems like a lot of gigabits, I guess. Uh, dynamic HDR, variable refresh rate. Dynamic HDR, that is what?
2: I don't know dynamic what Dynamic HDR?
0: I think I read some of this last night where it will change the color space instant like kind of as it goes based on the data being streamed in like right. the brightness you know like if the maximum brightness is at a certain level
2: sure the so color is, space
0: is, is that bigger? kind of
1: like valve you know when they did their hdr demos they really weren't hdr demos they just yeah. adjusted the, the space depending on the scene
0: uh I mean
1: that, that probably, remember lost coast was, kind oh, of like that was that. a long
0: time ago i loved it it was
3: great yeah
1: yeah,
2: yeah.
3: But it makes sense. So it's the dynamic, high dynamic resolution from Cooler Master Master Cooler. 92. Yeah. Burger right.
1: Meister, Meister Burger. Yes.
0: Uh, HDMI 2.1 adds support for 8K up to 60 hertz, 4K up to 120 uh, with HDR. And let's see. It supports 10K, 50, apparently. I don't know. Okay, sure. 10K um, all the way to 120. The, 860, the 8K at 60... Uh, does require 48 gigabit per second cable the lower resolutions can still get by with older high speed cables um supports bt 2020 color space 10 12 and 16 bits per color component um yeah and uh vrr game mode vrr which is maybe not the best naming for it but i you know it's hdmi standard so what are you gonna do uh remains backwards compatible with earlier specs the the cable and the connection is the same. I think we can all appreciate that. Yep. Yep. Uh, and the uh, the new spec is expected to officially drop in Q2 of this year, at uh, which point it will be available for HDMI adopters for testing. So don't expect to be getting any actual devices until maybe the end of the year, probably CES next year. Is when yeah, once we'll the, start
2: the, to see the it. spec comes out, and then you've got to wait. Yep. Yep.
1: <sighs> is there a new HDCP version with that as well? I would imagine it's... It's probably
2: the same tech, just faster.
0: I do not see. I don't recall it reading here. anything specific, but I would assume so. Maybe they're they're waiting all the bad news for the actual drop of the spec in yeah. Q2. Oh,
2: by the way, it's out and uh, it doesn't work with anything.
3: Yeah. Surprise! Well, I w- Honestly, I believe that's why it was delayed so long.
2: Mm-hmm. Probably. Yep.
0: Yeah. So now it'll be interesting. Now this will be an official part of HDMI spec if G Sync monitors at that point going forward will support it or will they only support G-Sync? Because they didn't support Adaptive Sync and yeah. DisplayPort because it was an optional part of the spec. That's true. Uh, an HDMI uh, that FreeSync uses is uh, uh, an extension that AMD wrote.
2: Maybe so, they'll just blow off uh, yeah. supporting the newer HDMI.
0: I I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can have a car that is... I I, I don't know. I guess maybe the driver doesn't have to support the variable refresh. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, That will be uh, coming in a future date. Um, Unless anybody has any objections, can we save our um, picks for next week? Quick quick and dirty and topical. All right. Which one do I want? I I posted the hairbrush. Yep. Uh,
3: You and Sidsey talked about it because it was just damn stupid. But I did say it was not going to be the stupidest thing coming out of CES. Yes. I was right.
2: Wait, this is a...
3: This website is just beautiful.
2: What the hell is this?
3: It's the world's first patented neurofeedback headband.
2: Okay. And Mm.
3: and so it it replaces an EEG by telling you how you are learning. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Except it's really hard to understand because if you flip over to... The tab that says science. 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 Scientific. Scientific. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you will see the wonderful... What? Oh, yeah, and kill that. What is yeah, this I adventure did. you are yeah. sending us no, on, Jerry? Where do the brain waves come from? Okay. Not many people knows the answer. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, apparently so, this yeah, person is not using this, this device. This is the company
3: you should be buying your brain monitoring
0: software from. <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I can save mine for next week. That's fine. All right. You
3: so know, this expensive. is yeah, exactly the bloody stupidest thing to Dodge. Yes, this year.
1: Yep. My goodness.
0: All right. Ooh, we've well, yeah. got an innovation award from Best of Innovation at CES. Clearly indicating really? the really stringent requirements of the CEA organization
1: for their award ceremonies. Stringent. What did I say? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm reiterating, oh. oh, okay. strange. because <laughs> Latest we know how these awards get passed out. Uh,
2: Latest Brain Researches proves. Somewhere, yes. somewhere off to the side of, like, the Sands Expo or something like that, they had this thing. It looked like a mini shopping mall full of aisles of cases, and they were showing. They had one of everything that got an award for something. Mm. And it was like you couldn't even get through that room. Oh, yeah. There were, first of all, there were so many people. Everything, in Everything, everybody but second, gets a trophy. Like, Alan. like no, but like if I would have, yep. if I would have just walked, if the room was empty, for me to just walk through between all of those aisles, it probably would have taken me a good five minutes just to walk it. <laughs> like there was so much stuff in that room. Everybody gets a trophy. Apparently, yeah, yeah. everybody gets a trophy.
0: All right, everybody, that's going to be it for this episode. This lengthy, meaty. Content filled episode of the PC Perspective Podcast. Again, uh, pcper.com. Go there to read all the stories we talked about. pcper.com slash podcast. If you want to find the show notes for today's episode that has link that have links to all of the stories that we talked about, if you want a little bit more detail and everything, uh, thanks everybody for hanging out and, uh, we'll see you next time. I'm Ryan Schrell. I'm Jeremy Helstrom.
1: I'm a slightly sharper Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Momantano. See ya. Oh, bye bye.
0: If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com/pcper